Hey, everybody, you're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by ironcompany.com. Okay, so today we're discussing putting a finer point on strength training. How important is it to differentiate between types of strength when it comes to performance training? So we got the coaches with us. We're going to ask them a whole bunch of questions, and I think they'll have some sort of answer for us. They always do. Uh, Let's start off with... um, making the point that strength training is critically important. So um, why is strength the king of the five biomotor attributes, such as speed, strength, you know, endurance, flexibility? Why is it the king? Go ahead, Jimmy, run with the ball. Well, it's the, I always picture a pyramid and uh, you know how they did that bogus food pyramid years ago? Well, in the strength world, the bottom of the pyramid, the foundation is strength, you know, in the athletic world. Um, if, if you can, if you're a strong, everything else is easier. Yeah. You know, you, you can, uh, it's really the foundation. It's what you work off of, right? Mm-hmm. So you can do yoga, you can do all this. Oh, I'm flexible. Yeah, you're flexible, but right. you, right. You're weak. We love that. Right. And there's no, nobody's ever said, man, you know, that's good. You're weaker. <laughs> it's always, man, you're getting stronger, man. I can, you can do that better because you're stronger. Yeah, yeah, you'd rather be strong than anything else. Well, also, also, strength, the reason that strength is the king is because there's no speed. The five biomotor attributes are strength, speed, endurance, flexibility, agility. Mm-hmm. Right. And the key three are, are strength, speed, and endurance. No disrespect to the other two, but they're, that's, uh, that's dessert. The, the meat and potatoes of the first three. So, but the reason that strength is the king is because there's no speed without strength. Right. Right. And your endurance improves when you're strong. Your speed improves when you're stronger. Yeah. And you can improve endurance by doing what we call strength endurance, which is, again, we'll get into it, but that's um, low payload, extended duration, right? Right. And also, you know, they showed, this was years ago, they did a study when you're marathon runners who strength train, their kick is better at the end. Of course. They're creating more force to the ground at the end of the race. If if strength didn't matter, why do we have weight classes? Right. Right. For one reason, they say, oh, because of size and strength. Okay. Size and strength. And so uh, we'll give you a quick example. You know, Mike Tyson and Sugar Ray Leonard are the same height. Right. Okay. They're both 5'11". Tyson at his peaks weighing 218. Leonard at his peaks weighing 154. Uh, Now, in every category, Ray is superior to Tyson. He's faster. He has better endurance. He has better technique. He's quicker, he has better reactive time. Uh, he's more experienced. He's fought uh, better opponents uh, in every category except the size and strength. And because of that, just because Tyson is so overwhelmingly strong, it's a massacre, mm. right? And he didn't necessarily, he had the endurance too, but he didn't necessarily, it wasn't as important. To he didn't, he he didn't need it because it ain't going to last that long. Yeah. He's just going to manhandle. He's going to manhandle a 155 pound man, no matter how good he is. He, th- those punches hit him like they're, like they're girl slaps. 
Okay. So, and his punches are like cinder blocks. Yeah. So again, that's, if, if strength didn't matter, there would be no need for weight classes. You say size, but really it's the, it's the, the strength that goes with the size. If you're a big guy with no strength, you're no threat. It's the strength that goes with the size that, that creates the need that, no, you're not allowed to fight BJ Penn, right? He's too little, no matter how good BJ is, if you're six foot five and got some little bit of MMA background on, you're just going to hold him at arm's length like a 12 year old and, you know, slap him to death, right? Well, you remember, you remember Bob Sapp when he was doing Oh that? God, he was the biggest of the big. So he was the biggest human, I, the biggest right. shapely human I've ever seen. How, how what was his stamina? Oh my God, I don't even know, man. I he think was, he was like six foot eight and 400. But shapely, like yeah, a no bodybuilder, you know like a bodybuilder. Moro Di Pasquale. But m what I was going to say was, Sapp's, you know, technique was okay, but not not that great. So he was fighting Ernesto Hoost, who was, you know, Dutch champion Muay Thai badass. Yeah. And Sapp, with no technique or whatever, just overwhelmed him with that size and a punch from sap was like a megaton for Ernesto yeah. Hoos. It probably was like 185, something like that. So all these techniques, all these skills didn't matter when, even though. Yeah. When, yeah, you're, being, when you're, when you're being mauled by a 400 pound black bear. <laughs> he's, he's, look right? him up, everybody. He was, it doesn't matter. He just slaps you with the, with the hand, yeah. but the hand weighs 47 pounds. And you know, if it hits you, it, you know, it just jolts you and it's yeah. just like, so anyway, getting back, we, again, I don't come from academia. I come from um, like a school that we can actually trace back. We kind of trace back to uh, Norbert Skomansky and he kind of founded our, our strategy in terms of progressive resistance. And that was carried through to a guy named Glenn Middleton and Cassidy <clears throat> revised it and reworked it for strength training, power training. And uh, that's the system that, you know, I learned, Mark Dimaduck learned, Mark Chalet learned, uh, Don Mills learned, Kirk learned, every, you know, that's the one that we all, we variations of, but that is what we classify as absolute strength, right? That's that power lifter short. And, and, and when you think of uh, absolute strength, <clears throat> it's maximum payload, for short distance with no regard for time, right? Doesn't matter how fast you pull a deadlift. There's no bonus points for pulling it extra fast, right? So that's absolute strength. That'd be like at the far left of the strength bar graph. Okay. You guys tracking? Yep. 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 In the middle, we have explosive strength. Now with explosive strength, you use a moderate payload relatively speaking, with a maximum velocity, right, for a long distance. Your power cleans, your squats, your jerks, your overhead stuff, that's, that's long range of motion, relatively speaking. Right. Marty, okay. when you say that's the kind of training that most of the fighters are, are, would be doing? Well, wait a minute, because, no, because then you, know go, sustained. You, go from, you go from absolute on the far left to explosive in the middle, and on the far right, you have sustained strength or strength endurance. That's what the MMA guys are doing. They're like, let's pick up a hundred pound heavy bag and run up a hill. 
right right or or Mark, Mark, our old friend Mark Coleman he would when he would uh, he trained at Ohio State and he would wrestle four guys yeah, uh, fresh guys the fresh guy came in I think it was every two minutes every yeah. two every two minutes a new guy would roll in and he'd have to continually wreck wrestle a fresh guy and they do this for I thought I think it was 30 minutes or something some horrible and what was some of the other girls they all up running up hills um, Coleman said if I didn't puke I didn't feel like I'd gotten in a good workout yeah well this is these this is um, straight endurance is like a Kenyan runner gliding along in a flat surface but with a minimum amount of muscular contraction Right. He's being efficient. The, the fewer yeah. muscular contractions he has, the less oxygen he requires. Right. Well, with, with strength endurance, what you're doing is you're purposely injecting an element of exertion into a cardio format. Right. Your uh, muscular contractions are in purposely being put into the cardio extended. Right. Session, yeah, a lot more force through the ground than oh, and everything, and more oxygen demand. But and and what the deal is is that you, over time, being subjected to it repeatedly, you learn how to deal with it, and you cope with it, and you get better at it, and you're you get a bigger gas tank, as they say in the MMA trade. You increase your gas tank from ten gallons to fifteen gallons, right? Yeah. Because you, you you do the protocols, and it could be anything. It could be Jimmy doing Muay Thai. You know, don't tell me. Put a strap a heart rate on you when you're doing Muay Thai. Let's see what kind of hey heart, heart rate you're generating, right? I'll, I'll tell you what. Back when I was doing jujitsu, now I was uh, there. You go. That's right. I was about I was about three hundred in my um, you know, so I'm a pretty big dude. And my instructor was, I think, uh, 160 pounds. Well, it, none of that mattered. But I, what I can tell you is that at 300 pounds, and I was very very strong. You gas out so quickly. I think rolling with him was the 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 toughest thing that I've ever done. Uh, well, endurance wise, you're in. It, you, it, I burned up oxygen within you know within thirty seconds. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because because this is a great point, and this is the thing that a lot of MMA guys don't understand is like like let's say you had a ten gallon gas tank, JP. You were exerting so hard with so much muscular effort that you exhausted that 10 gallons of, of oxygenated blood in, in what? Inside two minutes, right? His body had to work yeah. that much harder. Well, I mean, yeah, you're just because you're, you're fighting this, this crazed monkey man off you, right? With everything you have. And you're right. trying to hold him away with, with your, and, and you're just burning up your oxygen and you, you can't breathe, you can't replenish. And you just run out of you run out of oxygen. Um, yeah, and you can yeah. you can overpower it a little bit at first. Now yeah. technique, yeah, and technique is yeah. going to kill a lot of your power. But and then you gas out so quick. Yeah, to your to your ten, you to your ten yeah. gallons run, when your ten gallons runs out, that's it. <laughs> now over yeah. time you can build that up to fifteen, but you can still burn fifteen gallons out really quickly too. Particularly if you're like being kicked in the face by. Uh, you know, some crazed MMA guy, right? Yeah. And you're you're in the fight of your you're in the fight of your life. Uh, right. It's real at that point. Uh, yeah, and you give everything you have, and everybody. Uh, I had a a friend who trained a we trained Rich Franklin, and uh, 
the deal was is that they would rotate rich from one they, one machine to another machine to another machine to another machine. He was doing like, I don't know, and don't quote me, but I believe he was doing like 20 to 30 reps. But it was a nonstop thing. They do this for like 30 minutes. And the thing was is that, well, yeah, it would build. And, and I believe that they did. I believe they increased the size of his gas tank. But when he fought, um, oh, Jimmy, who was the, the great uh, fighter that he fought? And then he got, Rich had the title at the time. And the guy just, 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 just knee kicked the hell. Mutai kicked the hell wrapped his hands behind Rich's head and just started kicking him and kicking him and kicking him and kicking him and kicking him. Silva. Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva, yeah. Anderson Silva was on the right. And Rich could not get away. And after the fight, and Rich said, I just gassed out. And all this happened like within the first two minutes. And the guy said, it's impossible for you to gas out. You were able to go 30 minutes machine to machine to machine. And it's like, and Rich probably had a 20-gallon gas tank, right, with all the work he'd done. But, man, you can burn through 20 gallons really fast when you're in a life-or-death situation. I was just going to say that. When you're burning up your adrenaline, when you're burning up that stuff, man. It's, everything it's, you have. You're burning up everything you have. The stress is so much higher than when you're in the gym. Yeah. You know? Uh, just the nervousness before the fight makes them tired. Just the whole... You know, it's a, uh, it's above and beyond anything uh, imag imaginable by, by humans. Right. That's why what Coleman does or was doing is a great thing because, okay, now I have to keep this gas tank filled because here comes somebody whose gas tank is overflowing. And then another minute, yeah. another, another one's coming. Yeah. Another one. Deal with it, Mark. Deal with it. Yep. And then each time he does that in his training or each week or every, you know, every two a couple of days a week, whatever he's doing. Now he's raising that level and, of conditioning. And you know, Mark. And you know, what Mark told me. I said, Mark, what happens if you get, you know, you 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 gas out? He says, I tell him to keep on coming. Yeah. I'm well, like, oh true. my God, you're that's laying on your back. Right. You're laying on your back, exhausted, and you got a new guy <laughs> jumping on you, going, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you. Oh my God. So, anyways, but getting back to the three types, Jim. Would you agree now? How does that agree with um, mainstream? Well, again, I don't. We invented this out of our own little school, right? Like yeah. a little martial arts school. We're kind of like the Gracie family of strength, and we look at it as absolute strength, explosive strength, strength endurance. Yeah, I mean, you know, just going back to the MMA thing, I think that they need to work on all three. They need to cycle that training all year, where you have periods where he's trying to get as strong as he can, you know, like powerlifting. Uh, well, do you want to be Mike Tyson? What, what do you mean? Well, you better get damn strong. Oh, right. Damn right. thick. So, I think a lot of mistakes that, that the MMA world makes is, and it's all new. See, they're all trying things out. It's all relatively new compared to football, basketball, baseball, um, is that they just focus on that endurance aspect like Franklin was doing. But now, when if you focus on that absolute strength, then you go to your explosive strength. Yes, do some of that endurance if, strength stuff. And I, and I tell these guys this: I talk to these MMA guys on a regular basis. They call me up, and and I talk to them. I say, you guys have a, you have an Achilles heel. You have a weak point, and and that is that you're lacking absolute strength. And what that means is that you face a guy who 
you're both even on the cardio and you're both even on the strength endurance and you're both even on everything else, but this guy's a hell of a lot stronger than you, you're dead. Yep. So you, you, you have a weak link and they go, they go, Oh, we don't need that kind of strength. And I said, well, you're totally wrong. You're totally wrong. That's yeah, you do. I mean, how yeah, often do. do you see these guys have to pick up the other guy off the ground? You know, well, I'd, I'll offer once again, and this is what I tell them at this point in the conversation. I said, Oh yeah, well, I guess then you don't need weight classes. And they just sit there going to da 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 da. Yeah. You know, and the, the science is, when the coach comes in is to be able to get that guy stronger without getting him out of his weight class. Right. So then he's going to be doing. Or know, maybe, five. maybe he needs to muscle up a little bit. Okay. And maybe yeah. we need to, maybe we need to get just, and you, you monitor the, the, like they do the, uh, the, the, the golf club head speed. You monitor the punch speed, and right. you, you take a guy that looked like Sugar Ray Leonard, and you turn him into a Tyson, and you power him up. You see Tyson's back. Yeah. Okay. Tyson. He looks. He looks. He looks like he's got ten years of deadlifting underneath him, and and that's where the power comes from. When he hits you with that, it's it's man, it's 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 a savage thing. Do you know if he was uh, or how much he was into weight training? I mean, no, no, no. He was born with man. He was like Jim Brown. He was Genetically, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was. He was like uh, Michael Jordan. You just you, some guys they're genetically gifted physically for certain things, and they're lucky enough to find that thing. Yeah, right. Uh, if Tyson had decided, I want to be a really great swimmer. You know what I mean? That'd be a dead end, right? Right. He would sink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no buoyancy. <laughs> you know, you know you, and you're like, I don't care. I really want to swim. No, <laughs> Michael. No, you need to beat beat the hell out of people. Yeah. What's so, he come? Is he coming back for another fight? Do an exhibition with Roy Jones? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good, good for him. I love, I love Tyson. Tyson and Kirk and Brad Gillingham and my wife are all the same age. They were all born in '66. Hmm. So, <laughs> anyway, well, right, well, let's get back to the topic, Jim. How, how do you handle now? The, uh, you know, to me, optimally, the default position is is that each of the three types should have a place in the, in the overall program, the, yeah. old, the overall training program. I like to break it out even, Stephen, a little bit of each. I bias it toward the absolute strength because that's my background. But I get in some explosive strength, and I definitely get in some strength endurance uh, each week. Right now, how, how how do you when you were training athletes? I mean, you were training a boatload of athletes when yep. you were at Penn. How many sports? Oh, there's 33. I probably oh, had okay. eight or nine myself. So. Yeah. So I mean, you know, so the difference in the sports would be for football, they're going to clean year round. Clean. Clean. Explosive. Explosive. Yeah. yeah, they're always going to clean. They're going to clean a couple times a what, week. What would you be looking for a college football player to be able to clean? Uh, like, body well, that was part of my next point is that okay. if if their deadlifts aren't at a certain point, so if, so if, if I'm training women's lacrosse, I wouldn't let them clean for a while because they're doing the bar. Right. What are we getting out of that? That's plyometrics, right. basically. Right. Right. So right. I would have to get their deadlifts and their squats up, you know. Uh, right. You know, until I even let them clean, where football players are, are pretty much, you know, starting off with a decent background. Um, 
So, you know, I mean, a, a freshman, you know, cleaning, cleaning with good form, 225 to 275 is very good um, at the big range. But I'm talking, remember, you got a lot of small guys and you got bigger guys. Um, you know, I had kids, kids doing 355, 365, but not, not mm -hmm. a lot. You know, I think mm -hmm. I had, at one point, I had 30 kids cleaning over 300. You That's know. great. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, if, if a kid's cleaning 300, just one of the average, what would they be deadlifting? Five. Yeah. Deadlifting okay. Five. Yeah. That's interesting. We both said the same number at the same time. And the clean is so technical that you can have a super strong kid. Oh, the bar got out in front of you a little bit. You can't, you know, you didn't get it. Whereas the deadlift, man, you know, linear stuff, a lot easier to get strong in that. Um, well, short, short distance, straight line. That's right. And that's, you know, those are the, it's always every sport, every sport I ever trained, no matter what, the, the power lifts were the, were the base. The absolute gonna, strength. Yes. We're going to try to get your absolute strength way up. Yep. Now, let's just use, uh, you know, a year. So, you know, right after, let's say a football team, right after the season, you know, I'd actually do a little more reps right after that. Yeah. Weak point stuff. and they're Change, change it up, man. Right. Yeah. And they lose size. Um, especially before the TV timeouts and all that came, you know, they, yeah. you know, I always plan on losing like 15 pounds during the season. Well, yeah. what does that do to your bench? You yeah. Know what oh, I mean? God, yeah. Um, and so, you know, now it's a little bit different because they, they sort of push and get a lot of, a lot of time to relax. But so what we would do is we do some, some higher rep stuff, some bodybuilding stuff, let them have a little fun in there. Workouts were shorter after the season, yeah. 30 minutes. See you later. No running. Let's just heal, get you, help you heal, heal up. Right. And then as they would go home for, you know, holiday break, that's when I would start bumping the percentages up. That's when uh, the deadlifts will get a little heavier. The squats, the presses, the benches will get heavier. Then when they came back is a hard push all the way till spring ball. Um, but the, the difference is like the last six weeks, uh, maybe the last four weeks, we would still be trying to stay as strong as we can, but I would drop the reps way down. Hey, let's just work up to a good double to 85% today in your squat. But now we're doing eight sets of cleans. And you're going to be doing a bunch of box jumps before the before the cleans. How many reps in the cleans? Oh, singles and doubles. Never, Good. never more. So I'd rather do yeah. 20 sets of two. Yeah. Than, than you know high set up a set of five. Yeah, at the at the most, <laughs> and that's their warm up. Other than that, we're doing singles because the technique. Exactly. You know, yeah, it's just it fails right away. It fails yeah. right away. Yeah, and, and when it fails, it is no longer a power clean. It's an upright row. Right, and it's ugly. Yeah, and, and, and then then it's an absolute strength move. We don't need that. This is right. about explosive strength. Explosive strength. Bill Starr had the best description. He said, "Look, Marty." He said, "Explosive strength when when a when a top Olympic lifter pulls on that bar and takes his hands off that bar, keeps going." Yeah. Right. And that little nanosecond gives the the athlete time to whip underneath it and either catch it in the clean or catch it in the snatch. Or the same thing in the jerk, they throw it overhead, then they throw themselves underneath and they catch it, right? But they have to have that velocity on the bar. With He said with a power lift, he said a power lifter takes the hands off the bar in the squat, the bench, the dental. He said that bar drops like a guillotine. <laughs> I love that. Drops like a guillotine. I said, yeah, that's perfect, man. That, that's a perfect description. And if you lose that, and if you lose that velocity, you ain't doing ex explosive. Right. Jim, let me ask you a question. What, um, 
how many coaches out there are, I mean, are a lot of the uh, collegiate co- co- uh, coaches doing like a one size fits all? Like, because you were you're just talking about how you'll differ between the sports and, right. you know, they're all different. Some are more experienced than the others. But how many coaches out there are really kind of doing the same thing for, for all the different sports? They're not. I mean, I think, you know, I think football, wrestling, um, you know, some of the really big sports are right on the cutting edge with their training. But like, for instance, this morning, I trained a, a women's tennis player. I said, have, have you squatted before? Yeah, a little bit, but we did mostly push-ups. And I'm like, you played college tennis and all you did was push-ups. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's dark ages stuff. I mean, how mm-hmm. good could she have been with squats? To, even, you know, twice a week, let's go. Twice a week, you 30 see, minutes. You see, the, you see the muscles of Martina Natural Lovelova. Yeah, she was like one of the first ones, right? Who actually focused on nutrition and did and did her lifting, you know. Yeah. Was she a weightlifter too? Yeah. I would think so for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Wow. She was Eastern European. She was yeah, uh, right. from, so, she was from Slovakia. I stayed at the yeah. I stayed at I stayed at this terrible hotel in Slovakia for the ninety three World Masters Championships. It was terrible. Terrible place, like this giant white ghetto, all concrete block houses. And there was this terrible tennis court next door. And the, the, the hotel owner said, yes, she said, that is where Martina learned to play tennis. I was like, wow. Wow. Yep. And it was just like some gravel thing. Like, man, if you fell down on that, uh, you it would be like falling off a motorcycle at 40 miles an hour. <laughs> You're going to make it no matter what. She was tough. And I imagine she had some bitch coach, too. Was smoking <laughs> smoking cigarettes on a bench. No, again, terrible. No, <laughs> like the Bulgarian lifting team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, now uh, sustained strength, Jim. More like an endurance. Yeah, strength endurance. I mean, you you do it. I mean, it could be sprinting. It could be muay thai boxing. Oh, being able it, to stay stay at that bag level bag time. bag work, right? I mean kick the hell out of the bag for, you know, I mean, you know, anything that, that you've got an element of muscular endurance, uh, but it's, it's hard. Kettlebells. You could do kettlebells, right. For an extended session. Yes. Right. Jack the heart rate up, uh, using intense muscular contractions for a protracted period. Yeah. I mean like a long hill sprint too, that kind of stuff, pushing, pushing a sled, pulling a sled for a long period of time. What did uh, half a month have him doing? Pushing a wheelbarrow full of plates Still up the hill. <laughs> I love that. He's great, man. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's it, JP. What else you got? Well, I was just going to say, when I was, uh, you know, I told you guys I was doing jujitsu at one time a long time ago. Um, I had the absolute strength, but I didn't have the sustain. So because I didn't have the sustain, that absolute only gets you so far, and it's not very but not very far, especially when you're as, as heavy as I was. So sustained strength, absolutely critical that you, uh, you do that and uh, increase your gas tank like you guys are talking about. Yeah, and, that, and that's, you know, the, the whole wrestling thing. I remember when we would oh, yeah. get closer to the wrestling. scene, oh, my God. we would do those circuits. Lord, we would do those circuits, oh. and it was just brutal. When I had a kid come down, we had an Olympic training center there, and I trained those guys. I had a kid come down from Virginia Tech who was on the Olympic team. And I have never seen 
somebody work so hard for so long and not lose strength. So it was like uh, belt squats, yeah. uh, you know, a lunge, uh, you know, uh, yeah. um, you know, uh, overhead press, you know, yeah. but they were doing reps, you know, and then yeah. no rest. Yeah. And what was amazing about him was that there was no decrease, even as we did, you know, five or six circuits of this stuff of eight to 10 right. exercises, including pushing a prowler and all that stuff. Right. Um, and that to me was that now he was perfect for his sport. He had yes. absolute strength that he had done, you know, leading up to this. Mm -hmm. And then he had developed that endurance, that strength endurance to, to go right into the season with. Yeah. And explosive strength would come from like shooting in for takedowns. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, mm -hmm. and I did, and we didn't cover this, but wrestlers, I did tons of isometrics with wrestlers. We would do rack. Oh above. yeah. Oh, I like that. The rack above the bar and you deadlift and hold that bar against the rack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long as you can, bro. We would do chins, and you're not allowed to go all the way down. You yeah. have to go halfway down and pause there for a five, yeah. slow five count, then yeah. all the way up, then all the way down, you know, and holding those positions. You could, you, you, you could have um, put their bare feet doused in lighter fluid and lit it on fire. <laughs> that would be fast feet. That would be you know what I mean? That's the way wrestlers are. It's like, yeah. Or, or no, I, oh, yeah, Mario, I could have done that. If I would have said this would yeah. help you win. They'd no. Like, I did one story. This is a little right. bit off on a tangent. But we're, in the, we're in the dumbbell room finishing up a workout, and one of the kids, Joe, says, uh, ah, man, I got uh, ringworm. And I was like, well, why don't you go get some lotion from the trainer and get the – he goes, I know, I'm just going to put bleach on it. I was like, well, yeah. what did you say? Yeah. Like straight bleach. Oh, yeah, coach, that's all we do. We get something yeah. like that. We just put bleach on it. kills it right yeah. away. I don't want to mess with all that other stuff. I just want to get rid of it. <laughs> so that's uh, that mindset. He was the same kid. He was hey, probably hey, 100 and 170. Jimmy, Jimmy, hold that, hold yeah. that bell for a second because I want to I want to riff on that just a second. I knew yeah, a, yeah. I knew a top karate guy named Tommy Fox. Uh, this is back in the late seventies, and I mean he was really good. He like fought at the uh, what they call it something of Atlanta. The, they had a big big tournaments. He fought in them. He cut his feet up so much. Like I would come into the Y weight room. And he would be sitting on the floor and he would be sewing up giant mm. cuts, cuts on his feet with carpet thread himself. <laughs> yeah. He said, he said, it would cost me, he'd just look up and he'd keep going and he'd never say a word yet. It would cost me a fortune if I had to go to a doctor. <laughs> yeah, different, different mindset. Yeah, man. It's like, whoa, okay. Gonna have that upside. I mean, no, I was just gonna say, it's the same kid. He was. I looked over one day. He's probably 175, maybe 185 in the offseason, something. He's doing step-ups with 275, and that made uh, – and not low step-ups, you know, where your foot is on the box. It's right below parallel. How tall yeah. was he? Probably 5'9", something like okay. that. Okay, yeah, 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 stocky wrestler. Uh, step-ups and lunges with, you know, 245 to 275 every single time. The first time I saw him doing it, I was like, he's going to get crushed. I had everybody stand around him. He's like – and that even fired him up even more. So no way he was going to miss a rep. But, uh, you know, that mindset is – that's the MMA mindset, too. That Those guys. Uh, yeah. 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 And, it, and, but, and, and, and we love that. And we appreciate that. Yeah. But that is one of three dimensions. Right. What are some of the uh, what are some of the biggest sins you guys see as far as this type of training out there? I mean, one of them would probably be missing out on either the absolute strength training or yeah, the sustained I mean, strength. And my what I'm thinking is they get too specific to the sport. So 
you know, instead of doing their squats, they're going to do, you know, something that mimics something that they do. Like, you know, of course. Like, like your tennis player. Right. Like a weighted yeah. tennis racket. Stop wasting your time because you know why? You're going to change her form, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's too fine of a skill. You don't want to do that. Now, you could use a smaller racket and work on her speed, but why don't you just do the basic stuff and get her really strong? Now, when you go to practice, now you're working on the skill, and now you'll be better at the skill once you add strength also. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, that's, that's the biggest thing. Oh, we just need to, to just do stuff. You know, the, I, had a, I told you, that baseball coach, you said, let's put a bat on the lap machine. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're not doing that. It's too yeah, fine of a skill. Man. You're going to mess it up, man. Um, let's just get really strong and then work on his skill. Yeah, I just want to make the organism stronger and more resistant, right. more muscular and that thicker. Really and yeah, that's all. And, and, and it doesn't, yeah, we don't want to interfere. I mean, uh, if that worked, they'd be, uh, pitchers would be uh, practicing with iron baseballs. Right. right. It, doesn't, it doesn't work. And uh, quarterbacks would be throwing iron footballs. It, right. it, it messes it up. The pattern, that's right. Yeah, it doesn't. But however, uh, uh, front squats or goblet squats wouldn't, right? Deadlifts right. wouldn't. Right. Um, I don't know, bench pressing might, but maybe you, know, you can make that determination. There's other stuff you can do, and it depends what, what the athlete does. But again, I think that the, if they were to ask me the biggest sin, it would be that people don't think of it in terms of three separate and distinct uh, types, right? They just say, strength training. It's like, oh, okay, what does that mean? Well, we do these exercises, and it's just kind of this hodgepodge of stuff. And, um, you know, there's no real differentiation. And then if they do aerobics or cardio, you know, um, it's um, you've got to differentiate there too, right? Between steady state, which again, like our Kenyan long distance runner, he's trying to be as efficient as possible, use as little oxygen as possible, right? Uh, he glides over the surface of the earth, right? Whereas, uh, you know, somebody who's doing a, an extended kettlebell workout or, or one of the workouts that Jim was talking about, um, that's a different kettle of fish. And it, but you don't obtain that without working at it. It doesn't magically appear Right, but unless you unless you practice each of the three, you cannot expect. To, you know, let's say you just do absolute strength. You, there's no way you can expect to be uh, good, explosive, and sustained. If it's two, to, three totally different, completely oh. different protocols. Here, here's a question. All right, so say they are concentrating on absolute, sustained, and explosive. We always talk about maybe the cherry on top after the workout, you know, your, your accessory stuff. Now for, you see a lot of people using bands and stuff like that. Nothing wrong with that, but is all that stuff really necessary for, you know? Yeah. Well, I think the, the, so what I would do was we would do our main lifts. You know, you always do your quick lifts first. So we would clean first, then you do your bench or your squat or your, your right. band, squat and right. deadlift, whatever. And yeah. as you get into the latter part of the workout, now you're working on, yeah, we want to put size on. Now I'm talking about football. But it's also injury prevention. So what I was thinking was yep. uh, we need to train the body symmetrically. So if I just did, you know, 50 pulls, I got to do 50 presses. If I just did yes. triceps for 80 reps, I got to do twice. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. front and back, front and back. Come on, man. Even right. Steven. And that was the, my thinking at the end of the workout. Now we're going to do injury prevention stuff. 
right? And now we're just going to, you know, we're going to get more muscular. And the kids like doing that stuff too. So it's not, you know, it's like in a squat. It's like, hey, man, you, you can do more weight. In the curls, yeah. you never have to say say all, all All squats and no hamstrings is a recipe for injury. Right. Especially so, if the person is very quad dominant, if they squat really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Straight so up. what kind of things were you guys doing at the end, Jim, for injury prevention? Oh, the lap pulls, the one-arm rows, dumbbell okay. curls, hammer curls. A lot of laterals, man. I'm a big front raise, rear raise, lateral raise guy, man. We would always do that stuff. So, some more weightlifting. You weren't doing uh, the resistance bands or the – No, man. We, you know, all the, all the different stuff you see. Ethicals, so we weren't doing that. But Wait a minute. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What did you say? I said most of the guys had testicles. So they weren't doing that. Oh, man. Uh, you know – you know what they would do sometimes, and I would just turn my turn my head. This they is would, a this is a PG rated show, sir. They, it's supposed to be anyway. Anatomy, <laughs> get that. They would do band push downs sometimes. You know, to failure. That's wonderful. Um, stuff like that, but I you would get. I think you'd get more out of doing with a cable, but you know, I let them do it. Well, that was very stylish. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I think maybe bands have a better place, like in a rehab setting or something. What do you think? I think we got to listen to Ryan Chow. He wants to squat, bench, deadlift, press, you know. He wants it all with the bar or the kettlebell or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I well, am. of course, of course, of course, of course, because it's that instability. Also, the cross score. Those guys love the cross score. Like I said, Ryan, and he, when he'd show up here, he's shown up here three or four times. You know, he sounds like four or five guys with him. They're, they're all late. We guys, uh, you don't know my house, but uh, Jim does. You think they're laying all over the living rooms or <laughs> camped out on the deck. We got them up. Oh, they're everywhere. And um, so we always finish. You talk about what we do. We put them through the, through the four lifts in the garage with some power cleans, right? So that's five. And we start with power cleans. Why do we start power cleans before deadlift? Because it's an excellent way to warm up for the deadlift. Yeah, and excite your nervous system, and oh, yeah, right. you don't want to be tired when you have a technical lift that you're going you to. You can't. You right. you you. It will be substandard. You'll be at eighty three percent. You need to be fresh. You need to be one hundred percent. Right, one hundred percent. Parasympathetic, sympathetic nervous system in balance. Now we're going to do explosive lifts. Right, two reps. Okay, and as soon as the bar speed slows down, you're done. Time to start deadlifting. Mm-hmm. It's so easy. And you detect it yourself. Oh, the second rep is a little slow. How, how much was that? Oh, 70 kilos. Okay, next time we'll try to do it. You know, you know what I mean? And then it's time. Okay, now we start deadlifting. So that, that is a very, very easy and intelligent transition. The cross core, um, we use that when, these, when the physical therapists come up here. as a, That's the finisher. We have them do the arms, the biceps, and the triceps. And you can make them scream for bloody murder. You know, it's so easy. Um, it, because you can, with the cross core, which is um, uh, variable resistance, uh, twin arms, each arm can be worked individually. We're able to replicate the techniques and replicate the payload. So we're able to replicate, you know, results. It's like, I don't know, what do we call it? We call it dumbbells in a bag, you know. But you can burn somebody out. Basically, Jim, it's like if you had somebody on a preacher bench. Yeah. So, they, so all right, let's say they took a weight they could handle the positive failure, let's say six or seven, right? Okay, now, great. Now you step in and you have them do three to four forced. Oh, but wait, then you have them fight the negative. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Then they, then they're done and they're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> and yeah, that's essentially what you do with the cross core. You replicate that, that type of effect. It's also a drop, drop set effect and negatives. We're very able to emphasize the negatives. Uh, but that is dependent upon rep speed or you probably should have mentioned rep speed too. Um, with, with the absolute strength, we like to think that there are three rep speeds, uh, purposely slow, which we call grind, normal, which you really don't give thought, you just do it. And then explosive, which we call compensatory acceleration. Yep. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but you purposely pick one of the three rep speeds before every absolute strength set. Of the core four, or well, okay, let's say, yeah, yeah the core four. Uh, that's a good way to think of it, don't you, Jim? Yeah. Don't you think, Jim? No, it is. That is a good way. To well, think. for for explosive on the on something on a suspension trainer like the cross core, where you're dealing with a pulley and the instability, you got to be very careful with explosive. That's why I like to use grind speed, like you said, because it's so unstable. Well, here's here's how. No, we don't we don't do explosive on single arm. If you what we do is let you always load the negative. So the explosive would be on the push of a bench or the pull of a lap pull. There, that's yeah. Especially mm -hmm. you know, like on that cross where you're on the consent only on, only on the concentric. You fight the negative. You fight the negative. You fight, and I'll come in and I'll put extra weight on them in the way negative. The negative is what what crushes them. But then, on, but, but the way we do it is we go, okay, for the first five reps, grind both arms. For the next three reps, normal speed, weak arm, three reps, right arm, three reps. Oh, we're not done yet. Now, both arms together, slow negative, compensatory acceleration, concentric, boom, 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 boom. And they're done and they go, oh my God, that's incredible. Go, yeah, it is. Yeah, I was doing all that this morning on uh, lat rows. Yeah, and, I mean, and it I'll works you, like a charm, man. You do the, yeah, you do the two arm and then you do the one arm and oh. it's exactly like doing uh, dumbbell rows. Well, finish up, exactly. finish, finish up with a two arm set of, of explosive tilt failure and you will be so cooked. And that's what we right. call it. We, we call it one and done. There you yeah. go. That was the title of my last article. <laughs> I've been doing uh, a lot uh, of... Uh, hey, you owe me money. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm going to me mention that at, at the end. But uh, for um, the... Uh, so I've been doing a lot of uh, uh, dip belt stuff. So this morning... Oh, I'm out there. I like that. I like that. I'm, I got the dip belt loaded up. I'm doing uh, I'm doing two arm rows on the cross core. I'm doing single arm rows. I'm doing uh, strip sets. I'm just blasting it you out. Should get some video. You should get some video of that. That sounds cool. I'd like to you see what? that. You know what? I've been forced because I'm still training in the in the backyard. So I've been forced to use a lot less weight and get a lot more creative. Yeah. I'm doing the higher reps and really yeah. just concentrating. And yeah, 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 yeah. I'm adding some good size, man. I tell you. Because I get carried away in the gym and I start adding more plates and you know plate after plate. I love lifting heavy, just like you guys. But oh, here you're kind of forced to do the the higher reps and really make it burn. And I'm seeing my body change, and I I like what I'm seeing. I'm putting on some some good muscle. Wait, think about uh, it. It's actually, a smart thing for you to do, JP, because you're all banged up too. Yeah. You know, instead of doing <clears> the <throat> same exercises that you've been doing for now, your exercises are getting smaller and smaller the ones that you can actually do without pain but now with this stuff the suspension training this is sort of a 
uh, first of all, it's, you're getting more muscular because your body hasn't felt this type of stress before, right? Uh, right. And then it's saving your joints. It's saving you and, and well, getting out of that pattern of the same thing all the time. I was just going to say, I was just telling somebody, I think yesterday that, you know, I've always been a, uh, I haven't squatted in a while because of my back, but I still love leg press. And I, now I haven't leg pressed since March, but I, my hips were starting to get sore. And we would take walks, you know, for a while because of the pandemic, everybody's out walking. And I could tell, we went on a two or three mile walk one, one time, and sometimes I'll just get this like impingement in my, my hip and I'll go, whoa, and have to kind of work it out. And I could feel my joints kind of getting stiffened up on me. But now it's, you know, August and I haven't done these heavy leg presses since March. My joints feel so good. I'm doing those split squats out back with that dip belt. Yeah, like that's a good move, man. I'm telling you guys. And my 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 joints, my hips feel so much better. It's like yeah. it was like hitting the reset button, right? For yeah. my body. It feels so much better. Best thing that ever happened to you is lose access to those machines. I just was thinking the same. And and I wouldn't have ever done that hadn't I been forced to do it because the gym's closed down. Right. right. Well, I think that your gain in muscle size is probably bad news for the Texas chicken population. <laughs> and the, uh, the, beef, uh, and the beef industry. The, the beef industry, yes. That's why, <laughs> that's why we read about the Texas shortage of meat. And I don't know. It's all around my house, man. You go down the road and you got the, the Angus uh, beef uh, out there. And... Stop it. Stop torturing. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, oh, but, but an explosive strength is always explosive. It's always compensatory acceleration. They drop, they drop the bar. They, uh, you know, we don't drop the bar. With they, them, you know. Yeah, they, they just, uh, there's never a negative in uh, explosive strength. Right, and that's why you can really get away, as long as you cycle the, the percentages somewhat, with cleaning every day or every other day. You can really... Oh. Yeah, you're yeah. using rubber plates. Now, if you're doing it the way Star and those guys, and when you started off. No, 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 no. That's it. Also, we had the press. That's why everybody looked so rocked out back then. Right. Because we lowered our negatives. We had the press. And everybody was like, damn, those are big Olympic lifters. That's right. But that guy presses 450. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because that eccentric, that's where that muscle damage comes yeah, in. Yeah, that's where, the, that's where the growth and the power comes in. And, well, okay, the, um, the greatest Olympic lifter in, in history, Eric Bardanian, um, if you pull him up on YouTube, 180 pounds, snatched 402, cleaned and jerked, I don't know, 497. Jeez. 180 pounds. He looks, he looks like a college professor, right? right? He does not look like the greatest Olympic lifter in history. He just looks like an average dude with his arms or I don't know if they're 15 inches. You know, he's fit, he's lean, you know, right. and, and all that. But it's just like, that is not a body yeah, I aspire to. He hasn't imposed those demands on his body. Yeah. With the eccentric loading and the... And it's, 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 it's proof positive that you can get uh, explosive strong as hell and not add muscle size yeah it's not a function of diet it's a function of the of, of the type of exercise that it right. is and it's easy to do uh, because you're either going to do you're, what are you going to do jim you're either, either it's just you it's explosive strength to a certain height you don't have to snatch because i think i think throwing a barbell high and catching a barbell is a dangerous thing mm. okay so but why not 
pull a barbell as high as you would if you were going to snatch it, a snatch high pull. Yep. And a power clean. Or if you can't power clean, uh, pull the bar as high as you would without snapping your wrist under. Maybe you have yeah. wrist issues. Maybe you don't feel, you know, don't feel confident. But you can still get an explosive pull from the floor. And you only got to do, let's say, two reps. Don't do more than two. If you do more than two, you slow your central nervous system down and you yeah. beat the, the whole thing purpose. Is we have like a group of four guys working. You do your two reps. And don't start, and don't start with 135. Okay, that's what all the guys, oh, we're going to start with 135, and here we go, a bunch of upright rows. No, you guys got to start with like 45, mm. 65, 85, one of, and, you know, and, and you, that's the way you go. Small jumps, you only got to do two reps. It doesn't take any time. You can do a set every two minutes, mm -hmm. right? And, but you just, and then you top out wherever you top out with your second rep up, slow down there. Boom. It's a, it, so it's an, it's an easy and quick thing to add explosive lifting to your, to your existing absolute strength template. You meld it right in there. Right. Yep. My, uh, my strength endurance is I, I sprint, but I do it in a separate session. I sprint in the morning. Well, that's not near. I use I sprint first and then I might do upper body, like bench press or overhead press. I have to squat on a different, I have to do legs on a different day. Yeah. Right. And I try not to do legs before I, if I sprint, I can only sprint all out once or twice a week. The rest of the time I do sort of this sightseeing jog thing. <laughs> it's where you try to get your heart rate above 75 and you try to sustain it for 40 to 45 minutes. And I have this beautiful countryside that I run around and everything's beautiful, but I have to remember to push right you got there's no sense running around at 105 heartbeats per minute it's that's mall walking mm -hmm. right you got to push yourself to the point that you sweat sweat is the coin of the realm and whether it's sustained strength cardio or glide state cardio if you don't sweat you ain't doing it yeah that was rich's advice when i was when he first started training me for a bodybuilding show rich sulky our friend would say i'd say how hard do i go how you know i, you know, I wanted all these absolutes he's like just start sweating, Jimmy. You just have to, you just yeah. have to stay 30 minutes of sweating. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's it. And if you're not sweating, you ain't doing it, man. Right. right. Can you guys put a finer point on fast twitch versus slow twitch? No. Fast twitch obviously is uh, explosive training, right? Uh, slow twitch is going to be your, your absolute, your grinding and, and all that. But uh, like Jim, you're you're a competitive bodybuilder and competitive powerlifter. He has a he has a college degree, right? So let me ask you: for bodybuilding, when you were doing that, did you ever you know play around with fast twitch versus slow twitch? Uh, all rep get range. into that. All rep speeds, all rep ranges. My feeling was that I never wanted to leave a stone unturned. That if I right. if if doing slow negatives was going to you know, give me more muscle size. I was gonna, I was gonna do that. If, if, and set to set, I will change it. Yeah. Yesterday, I was doing some. Uh, I got this great at a, at Attila's gym where I go. They got this great cable pressing machine. Where you uh, sit nice. in a chair and you can do, you know, bench press but seated. And right? it's all wobbly. Yes. Right. And so the first couple sets, I did uh, very slow negatives, and you know, I wasn't whoa, thinking, thinking being. <laughs> thinking being an explosive, I was just thinking, you know, be fast and all that. But then 
I would do a set where I would go down fast and up fast. Yeah. Then I would do a set where I would, uh, you know, work on, you know, medium on the eccentric and super fast on the concentric, you know, because, you know, I don't think the research is definitive on, I mean, we know, we know about muscle growth, but they're still trying to figure out, you know, the time of retention conundrum, the, the rep speed conundrum. All that. So I was always figuring, man, right. let's, I'm going to do it all. You know, it's not, yeah. you're not going to get smaller doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. So it's not like you, you're going to screw up. You know how the Bulgarians pick their, how the Bulgarian Olympic lifters, the national team pick kids at an elementary school who they thought would be good potential national level weightlifters. How? They pick, they pick them the standing broad jump. Yeah. I think it was a 40 yard dash. Yeah. And I believe, I don't know if pull-ups was in there, but I know standing broad jump was yeah. the way that they, they, they liked that. Uh, I wanted to ask you, JP, when, when you were heavy or did you have a jump ability? I had jump ability. I could leap. Were you able to leap? No, I was more like a, you were probably more like a, 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 a jet powered engine. I was more like a diesel. I had the torque. You're like you a, rhin, a rhinoceros. Yeah. <laughs> Power, <Right>. but <laughs> got to get, takes a minute to get going. But once it gets going, look out. As long as yeah. my, as long as my feet are in the ground, you're in trouble. Yeah. Well, well, like, we for, go ahead. well, for, for example, I mean, I'm, I'm six foot and uh, you know, I've always had uh you know, I've always lifted heavy, big quads, you know, good squat and all that. But even with all that, it was, I think I could barely touch the uh, the basketball hoop. You oh, that's know, good. No, you could touch the hoop. That's good. That's good. That's good. You could touch the hoop just, weighing 300? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think I tried it at 300. But oh, 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 I take it back. I don't I think I was 300 when I was doing that. But uh, just, just barely. I mean, I hit it a few times, but I was no fantastic I don't care if it's or anything like that. You know the guys. Uh, we talk about fast, fast, fast twitch and all that. Uh, the guys whose amortization phase in the vertical jump was very short. A great rebounder. Um, well, we know, you know that. So from from down to up, the guys who could go from down to up. Like let's say, for instance, you're getting ready to do a jump ball at the beginning of a game. Yeah. You know th that guy may be able to jump higher than you across from you, but I can go from down to up quicker than you. Right, yeah. and I can get to that ball faster. Those are the yeah. guys. That'd be another way, and that's the broad jump is the same kind of thing, you know. That's, rea who, that's reactive. Right, reactive strength. Yes, yeah. exactly. And that is is a uh, is a huge component, I think, in a guy who's quick. A guy would be a good weightlifter. A guy, you know, you you can tell. Let's say uh, a James Harrison uh, used to play for the Steelers. That kind of guy who has that snap. It's that right when or they Ray, make the tackle, Ray, Ray Lewis. Yeah, exactly. Right when they make a tackle, their their hips can snap faster than the other guy. Oh my god! And drive through them, you know. And that's that same thing. It's analogous to the broad jump and the vertical jump and the short short amortization phase. I think. I must tell one very quick Ray Lewis story. Do you mind, JP? Well, go ahead. And I I want to so talk rude. to you about uh, fast twitch and slow. Just, twitch. I want to talk me a while back, JP. I want to talk to you about fast twitch and slow twitch too. Okay. All right. <laughs> but very quick. This is important. Who was that uh, receiver for um, uh, Cincinnati? Real, uh, Oso, Oso oh, Chad Johnson. Yeah, what was it? He yeah, had a nickname. Oh, Ocho Cinco. <laughs> yeah. So they did uh, one of these ESPN specials on him. And he said, he said so I, uh, I got into a, a thing with Ray Lewis where we would trash talk each other, trash talk each other. So he said, 
I decided that I would show Ray Lewis that I am not a sissy. So he said, I want to, I forget what the play was. He said, so I, and they show the play and he said, so I got the perfect angle on him and I ran hundred percent of my speed and they show the play and Ray Lewis runs through him like he's a mosquito. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> and he ends up in the ground and they have to take him off in a stretcher. Right. And, Ray, and for Ray Lewis, it's a non-event. He just goes, he's running down the field to make a tackle. It's just another, another guy bouncing. Yeah, yeah. He, he was so thick, so fast, so strong, but Lewis had the genetics. He had the right coaching. He had the work ethic. He was a lifter. Right. And he had, of course, uh, the right attitude, but the comparison where he just ran through this guy, it's like, Oh my God, it's like running into a moving concrete building, a really fast moving concrete building. And you hit it as hard as you can. And he had exactly the same result. So anyway, JP, I didn't mean to get off on that. He was a great example. Lewis is a great example of absolute strength, explosive strength and sustained strength. All of it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now, I'm sorry. What was your question? All right. Well, as the, uh, as the Dr. Frankenstein of uh, powerlifting, um, you, we were having a conversation years ago. Frankenstein. I think it was about two or three years ago. <laughs> it's Frankenstein. 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 Why are you saying it like that? Isn't that how they say it in the old Frankenstein uh, movie? God, you guys like so the ignorant. original, like way Don't back. You know, or... do, no one knows who Gene Wilder is. George yeah. Wilder. Yeah. Oh, come on. Isn't that how he said it? Frankenstein. So, I'm, I'm so disappointed. Go ahead. But Answer anyway, you know what I'm. You Wilder. know what I'm saying. Sure. Gene Wilder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so Marty, we we had this discussion years ago about fast twitch and slow twitch. We and did the experiments that you guys did in powerlifting. And and what you came up with, what your what the, what the end result was? Uh, do you remember that? No, I don't. I'm serious. Well, I help me out. What did we come up with? What, you what were it? well, just like Jim says, you know. Oh, we you used. Oh, oh, we yeah. Okay, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, we purposely. Um, uh, Cassidy got us using compensatory acceleration before anybody called it that. Right, you would push the, you would push the push of the bench and the squat, and you you accelerate the pull and the deadlift. Mm -hmm. Right, uh, and and then Hatfield, Fred, uh, like that was the phrase that he applied yeah. to it. Yeah. Right. So it, I would say our school used a very controlled negative, always the controlled negative, and then boom, the explosive concentric. Right, and then. A little later, Fred called it compensatory acceleration. Uh, so you get the best of both, I think. You know, I think you get the the slow twitch and the you know the control negative, and I think you get the fast twitch by purposely. Over time, you get better at exploding, right, Jim? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And you want, and what and then the theory goes is now when you get that heavy weight on your back, you're still trying to use the compensatory acceleration and you're actually be able to move the bar faster than if you didn't, you know, spend that time doing it with lighter weights. You know? If you look at Kirk, if you look at Kirk warming up, he moves 135 like it was a thousand. Yeah. His first warm up is like in his mind, he's just 
moving this way, like it was not like it was 135, all sloppy and happy-go-lucky. No, and his mind is like, this is a thousand pounds. And he, and he exhibits that kind of concentration of every warm-up, right? Yeah. That's right. slow, that slow, that slow descent, that bang, acceleration on the ascent. And you see it in his eyes. I mean, this is like, it's like, whoa, this isn't some casual warm-up stat of this guy's <laughs> sight line. Now, I think he was saying, you know, uh, anything below 315, he had a hard time getting all the way down to the ground, right? Well, that's a, you know, that's a little bit of height. <laughs> it was like he had a bench shirt on or something. No, I'm just saying that, that you know, uh, that, you know, he could say that, honestly, he could say that about 650. Uh, you know, I mean, this is a guy, he didn't even tie his shoes before 655. Right? Okay. Kirk, I'm talking about Kirk when he was warming up. Like, we'd, we'd be warming up. It'd be, you know, a, you know, slowly, slowly, slowly getting the equipment thing together. But yeah, he'd be, mm -hmm. he'd be fierce with the 655, but he wouldn't bother tying his shoes with it because it was such an inconsequential poundage. Yeah. And then when you tie your shoes, okay, now it's red. Now I'm ready. Yeah. 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 I never tie my shoes below 800, man. Yeah. 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 It's all what kind of shoes were you guys wearing back then for those? Uh, he, he, Did you have lifting yeah, shoes? Yeah. Yeah. This one pair of shoes. I think he still got them. Those things, those yeah, things. Wore, yeah, Nike basketball shoes from the yeah. old days. They're really flat. And uh, he said he liked like, them the best. I like Chucks. We talked about that before. Yeah, it was very like similar Chucks. to that. Very similar to what yeah. he was wearing. Yeah. It was before they had all good. these squishy heels and all that crap. No, no squishy yeah. heels. Yeah. You got to be able to feel the ground. You got to no, I like a, I like I like a heel, too. I like, a, like a, an Olympic. A yeah, well, you Olympic. like lifting shoe. That's solid, yeah. though. Yeah. That's no, solid. That, exactly. The best uh, Olympic shoes I ever had were, uh, I had an Iranian training partner named Artishan Bagapur. He gave me a pair of Iranian shoes. They were thick-soled all the way through. There was no, you know, break, like, between the heel and the toe. So they were, they were excellent. But, yeah, I, I like a heel when I squat. But... Uh, nowadays, I pretty much squat and pretty much flat-footed. I don't go as deep as I, I as I used to either. I think as you get a little bit elevated heel, I think you can hit a better depth. No question. Uh, do you think so too, Jim? Yes. Yeah, I, I think so. But I don't know that I need a, a better depth. I just need to go as deep as I can. Right. All right. So anyway, JP, that pretty well puts a bow on it, buddy. Well, can I ask you this uh, one more question? Sure. Many questions um, if you want. The Talk about the uh, division of the three types of strength. I mean, should you, should you divide it equally or should you put more time into one or the other? Or, or how would you uh, approach that? Jimmy? Well, it depends what you're training for. So, like I said before, if, uh, if you have a season to get ready for, now you want to spend, you know, really the most amount of time worked on that absolute strength with, with this is the football with, with some of your explosive lifts in there, like clean, like box jumps. Yeah. And then now you, as you get closer to the season, now it sort of changes where you're still trying to stay as strong as you can in the, in the basic lifts, but now I'm adding a lot more explosive stuff. So plyos will increase. Um, okay. And then the amount of sets in the cleans and the frequency in the cleans would increase also. Yeah. So there's, basically a time and a place in each season yeah. each year and your yearly calendar yeah. um, for, for all of the types. Now they wouldn't do a lot of, you know, endurance work, but what we would do was repeated efforts, for instance, running stadium steps where you're bursting for, you know, 
I don't even know how long, but you know, you're doing 60 stadium steps. So it's really 30 because you're going every other one you're walking down, but walking down takes a lot out of them. So you're doing it quickly. As soon as you get to the bottom, you're going again. So it mimics uh, football play, you know, sort of, but it, it's that type of conditioning and strength that you need, you know, that sort of melds the two together, the segues from strength to that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And a regular, right. and a regular human could just um, do a little bit of sprinting on a flat surface. That would get the same effect for them. You don't necessarily, you kind of got to work up to hills and stadium steps and things like that. That's not what you start with if you want to get into explosive strength. Uh, you, uh, I tell you another good uh, strength endurance tool is a jump rope. Or a heavy, or, 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 a heavy or, or a heavy bag, or, or a top and bottom bag that you've got to move around and that you've got to keep it up for, you know, like an extended period, yeah. like, like 20 minutes, right? It's like, okay, uh, these, these different drills that you can invent, which will jack the heart rate up, then you recover, then you hit it again, yeah. right? And it's how many of these burst recovery burst again how many of those can you fit in to the session duration right how long is the duration how often is how many duration how many sessions do you have each week what's the frequency what's the length of the session what's the what's the quality of the session what are we doing today are we doing sprinting or are we doing steady state i'm talking just cardio right now right or you know you know also what type then you've got your strength training okay what are we going to do you got a, a menu for that, and uh, the the I like what Jim was talking about the box jumps and the explosive strength. And, and listen, for most normal people, you start with like a one step jump. Yeah, uh, because most people have lost the ability or never had the ability to jump. You yeah. need to regain that without tripping and falling. You know, but even even four inches is a start and just being able to like, you know, bing, 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 and go back and forth in that, that, that's a basic kind of a, you don't want to lose the ability to do that. That's which is an easy thing to do. JP. Yes. Yeah. Is that it? That's it for me, man. That's good information, man. I'll tell you what, every time we have all these little good tidbits that we can all learn from. So, I always appreciate it. Um, all right, so we'll wrap it up. Check out Marty's weekly column, Raw with Marty Gallagher at ironcompany.com. And uh, mm. if you're looking for gym equipment, gym flooring, you know, for your garage gym, home gym, commercial gym, whatever, check out ironcompany.com. We've got all your bumper plates, power bars, Olympic bars, machines, anything you guys need. Uh, new gym steel articles can be found in our article section. You what's can also it, what's check it out called? That was it's one and gym. done, that one, you know. Oh, up. no. Yeah, work it to death. And this one's going to be about uh, assistance exercises for the big, the big lifts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one and done. That's up uh, That's up on there now. We also put that on uh, Instagram. It's on there as well. Oh, yeah. Stacy um, says, says always mention my Instagram, JP. You got like yeah, 10. What's, yeah, know. check out Marty's Instagram. Thank, What's the thank, address? Isn't it thank you. The Marty Gallagher. The, the Marty Gallagher. Somebody thank took you. some wise guy took Marty Gallagher, huh? You had to put the in front of it. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, actually, I did, and I had to stop a couple of guys from. Anyway, let's go into something else. There's probably five thousand Marty Gallagher's out there. I only know one. Say? Yeah. None are none are as unique as you, though. There you go. Um, <laughs> all right, so you can check out Jim's website, BassBarbell.com. That's with one S. Uh, he's got all kinds of stuff going on over there. Not necessarily just about training, all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and finally, if you're seeking a radical physical transformation, our guys are available for online coaching. I'm talking about the one and only Marty Gallagher and Jim Steele. Uh, yeah. So if you'd like to email them and, and get in touch with them about online training, online coaching, uh, just email Marty at ironcompany.com or Jim at ironcompany.com and uh, get in touch with those guys and start making some gains. JP, could I ask you one question before we leave? Yes, of course. Back, back how long did it take from the time you quit doing the leg presses to the time you stopped feeling soreness in your hips? It took a couple of months. Um, okay, okay, I, okay. You know, I was really starting to feel it, especially in my left hip. It was and, um, the bottom, man. It's the bottom it's, of the leg press. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I th okay, that's all. I'm the, sorry to mean to interrupt, the, but I was Wait a minute, real quick. The, the bottom of the movement, you're saying? Yeah. yeah. When your knees are close to your chest. The turnaround. Well, I'm always real careful because of my lower back. So I'm, you know, I'm going full range of motion, but I'm going down just far enough to where my butt does not come off the pad. Yeah, yeah but e e even that, even that was too much. Yeah. Well, you know what? I just uh, I appreciate the break and uh, the forced break because I, you know, I would have kept leg pressing and it's given me time to check what out. I would what do was add this stuff in. So I would do cycles: six weeks to the gym, six weeks in the backyard, six weeks in the gym. You know, to keep doing that, man. Then you can do this stuff forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> and you know, longevity is a big part of it. When you get over forty, you start thinking about longevity and you know how to how to go further and further pain-free and just be able to, to move around and all that stuff. So we'll have to take your word on that. All right, gentlemen. Thank all you right, very guys. much. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Good. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Bye.